We're now a, a couple weeks into the school year and it's been fascinating to listen to my own children uh, step into the world of um, online learning and actually do it with a really amazing level of flexibility and patience and frankly I think sometimes even courage to try to learn this way. And it made me want to ask this question uh, as we get started, whether you are still in school or you've been out of school for many decades, how is it that you learn? How do you learn something new? Do you know? How is it that you take something that's external to yourself as skill, an idea, an ability, a concept, and how do you internalize it? This year, we're going to be asking that question pretty consistently about prayer. How do we take this thing that often we think about as, ext as external to us, as something that's hard and laborious and difficult and impossible, and how do we internalize it and make it something that is our own? So let's pray, and I'm going to read to you possibly the shortest Bible verse that I've ever preached on here at Grace Commons. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for the gift and the beauty of your word. Uh, we confess to you today that our, our souls are thirsty. And um, our mind needs to be filled with holiness and hope. And that um, our hearts need to be bandaged and then healed um, by your word which you promise never returns void. And so would you keep that promise today, God? Would the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you? For you are our Lord, rock and redeemer. Amen. All right, very, very simple passage today. And it's just the first three words of, of Psalm 57, 8. Here it is. Awake my soul. Awake my soul. We've known for over six months that this year was going to be a year when we were going to call our whole church to, to live prayer. Even before COVID, so maybe we've known for maybe almost a year now, we, we knew that this last year that we just finished, uh, this last school year was going to be a really full, challenging, rigorous, exhausting year, frankly. A year that could be dangerous to our hearts and uh, to our souls if we have two years like that in a row. And so this year we wanted to make sure that we, we moved to seeking uh, to be anchored to God, to live prayer, to be internally strong. If you start with the assumption, and we do, that there is a, a sovereign creator God who made it all, including you. And that God has created you, shaped you, loves you, and also wants to be known by you. If that God has stretched himself out on a cross to make it possible for us to, to be in relationship with him, well then how do we say no? How do we keep our souls asleep to that offer? Is there any higher calling and invitation than to sit with the one 
who lovingly knit every piece of you together. Friends, we want to be about the most important things. At my last church, I knew a woman uh, who had a realistic expectation that she would meet with Bill Gates a couple times a year. She would meet with one of the wealthiest, most powerful, most well-known, most recognizable human beings in all of the planet. She would get to sit down and have a conversation with him. She'd get to meet with him. And it was really uh, an extraordinary thing to listen to her uh, talk about that. He's, he's a, Bill Gates is kind of a big deal. I'm, I'm never going to get to meet Bill Gates. But um, this person should strive and, and work and, and see what she can do to make it possible to, to meet with him and talk about her work at least on an annual basis. And we want to talk and, and about prayer in that same way. It's like, it's, like meeting, it's like meeting a boss. It's like meeting a powerful person. It's like meeting someone who has all of the resources at their fingertips. It's just like that, except in two ways. First of all, when we go to God in prayer, we meet with the one who is infinitely more powerful, has more authority, has more power, has more creativity, has more love than Bill Gates could ever muster up in a million lifetimes. So when we pray, we actually are getting to meet with someone who is um, infinitely greater than whatever we might think of as the greatest person that we can meet with. And it's also different in this way. We get to meet with this God without knowing the right people or having the right job or achieving the right things. Meeting with God is imminently more achievable than meeting with Bill Gates. He wants to meet with you and wake you up. Prayer, as we'll be talking about, is the, the primary vehicle to be in relationship, to be in relationship with and to receive blessing from a person of infinite power, the Lord, who also wants to meet with you, who's intimately curious about you, who wants to see you flourish, And we want that too. We want you, we want us to learn how to live prayer, to step into prayer right where you are, to, to pray throughout your day, to find ways and um, methods to step in and let prayer kind of weave in and out of all the things that unfold before you on any given day. Which brings us to... Um, two short little things I want to draw to your attention about two key words in this little passage. Awake my soul. The first one is simply the word awake. Friends, it's time to come alive. It's time to be attendant 
It's time to be present. It's time for us to realize that oftentimes we slumber through our life, even while we are awake. I don't know if you knew this, but Americans, people in the United States of America, are actually pray much more than almost any other nation um, that is a developed nation. But when you dig a little deeper into that, like we can feel pretty good about that. We can pat ourselves on the back. We're a spiritual people. But when you dig in a little further, what you, what you realize is those prayers are actually very sleepy prayers. The things that we pray are, are almost always the same phrases, the same requests, day in and day out. The, our prayers are mostly the same. Is that true for you? Have you turned an intimate relationship into um, sort of a rote, spiritual Pez dispenser? God, give me this, give me this, give me this, take care of this, be with me here. I do that. I do that. You're not alone. But we're called to be awake. There's this famous quote that uh, reminds us that, that most men, most people, live lives of quiet desperation. They simply go from thing to thing, doing it quietly, faithfully, but they've missed being awake. And awake doesn't mean that all of a sudden your life, you know, turns into roller coasters and rainbows and all excitement. It just means that you are with the one who made you. And it gives you a new awareness throughout. Walker Percy, a famous novelist, once wrote that it is possible to get all A's. This is a great bowler quote. It's possible to get all A's and still flunk life. He may be in danger of that. I know that I am. I know that I can um, work so hard to achieve. To look like I'm doing it right. But it's also true that I'm aware of my own deep deficits. How much I need to be awake to the renewing presence of the Lord. That second word, soul, awake my soul. This, this most important piece of our lives that we don't often even sort of know what to do with. For the last uh, six or seven months, I've been meeting with a man regularly who's curious about our church and curious about my faith as we uh, talk a little bit, but he doubts there is such thing as a soul. He doubts it exists because science hasn't found it. And what I have told him is what I will tell you, friends. If the soul exists, it will never yield itself to science. It's not a thing that is going to be measured examined in that way 
prodded in that way. It's a, the soul is a supernatural gift. It is the Spirit of God being breathed into you that you might have life and have it to the full when you are connected to God. But here's what I want you to know, friends. The the soul is not insistent. The soul can be ignored. It, It can be neglected. This text invites us, invites us to, to wake up this deepest treasure that we have that, that so often sort of just lies sort of in the back or we're barely, vaguely aware of it. I do it. I ignore the claims of my own soul. Not this year, friends. Not today. It's time to awake my soul. What if we could take this year and we could learn how to wake up the hunger and the desire that our soul has to be intimately connected to God? What if we could find a way to do that that's simple, not easy? Relationships are never easy, but simple. What if we could learn about the light yoke and the easy burden that Jesus talks about? What if we could simply walk with him What if we could learn how to let our soul simply be soaked in the presence of God? That's our hope this year. That's what we're hoping to do. That's what we want to invite you into. Something where you can can connect intimately, personally, regularly with the living God. So how do you learn to do that? How do you do that? There's a couple ways. One of them is called the sort of the, the deep dive method. And I've, I've been doing that. I've been, um, I've been reading books, all kinds of books on prayer. I've been, I've been reading bits and pieces. I've been reading ideas out of the index and certain sections. I've been reading a lot. Articles and commentaries and just books just focused on prayer. That's one way, but there is another. In athletics, especially, specifically soccer, they've done research on how people learn the best. One of the ways that soccer coaches are taught to coach the game, to teach others, is like sort of in this deep dive method where a coach will pick a theme and run that theme all the way through the practice. It's the one thing they're gonna learn It's the one thing they're going to do. And and oftentimes in a well-constructed practice, by the time you get to the end of the practice, by the the time you can get to um, the scrimmage part of the game or the practice, the athletes are able to sort of exhibit that skill in a really beautiful way. There's this other thing that they've uh, been uh, encouraging soccer coaches to do for the last 15, 20 years or so. Someone did some research and encouraged a coach to not just take one thing, but to actually take three things and, and kind of overlap them with each other. And can I tell you something? The, the practices when you do that are, are chaotic. The practices are a little crazy. You're not sure that anybody's learning anything. When you, when you get to the scrimmage, there's so many things the kids are trying to learn and do and remember and see the field that 
Um, oftentimes, even in a scrimmage, it doesn't get uh, exhibited. So sometimes a church kind of does this. Sometimes a church says, we're going to throw in and we're going to try to just do this in a way that might feel, um, might feel like it's just sort of like multiple themes all at once. Here's the interesting thing about soccer. They've gone and they've watched those teams, they've researched those teams, play games after those different kinds of, of learning and practices. And you know what? The team that is trying to learn how to live into all sorts of different kinds of things all at once, the team that's like been given two or three things instead of just one thing, the practice looks chaotic. But the game, actually in our case, when I'm saying a living life, they actually exhibit the skills. They actually are better at exhibiting the things that they've been caught, they've been taught and coached than the team that just learned one thing for an entire practice. Isn't that interesting? So friends, what I'm trying to tell you is I, I want you to get the idea out of your head that prayer is hard, that it requires this, that requires some sort of a superhuman deep dive that you just frankly don't think you have the time for. Instead, what if right now you start trying to learn how to just enfold it into your daily life? You just say, awake my soul. Let's learn how to do it together. Let's learn how to do it together. Friends, there will be a number of opportunities this year to learn how to do that together. But, but this, this fall, right now, we're inviting people into these common space groups to simply learn how to pray both personally and when we're together. To allow ourselves to soak and bask in the presence of God. To listen for his voice. To let him heal our heart and to move us out into the world. Friends, there is no greater invitation. There's nothing more important than learning how to sit and attend and be in the presence of God. Can I ask you to do that today? Friends, my prayers for you are constant. Amen.